But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. Power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-Wing. Folks, we have got shelves of power converters all ready for the Boontai Eve sale. Uh, come on down, please. Take them off our hands, because until then, all we're going to do is talk about X-Wing. So, When's Boontai Eve? Sorry. Uh, it's, uh, it's coming soon. So, is the holiday <laughs> Boonta? Or is the day before Boonta Eve? Or is the I think holiday? It's like New Year's Eve, where like the celebrations on Boonta Eve, but then you oh, get Boonta okay. Day off work. <laughs> yeah, Boonta Day, but nobody ever really talks about Boonta Day. It's okay. <laughs> true. Like, He's busy being spiced a... out. Regardless, the sale goes on all weekend. <laughs> we are going to be closed on Boonta Day. So, That's all right. right. Still mad at you, Doug Howe, Alex Middle, and I'm Pork Jenkins. All right. Uh, it's been a couple uh, weeks. We took a short hiatus for some scheduling, took a week off, and uh, now we are back. We've had stuff going on uh, in this week. Uh, I can just tell you I've been uh, playing a ton of video games, like uh, finally caved and installed Baldur's Gate 3, and uh, yeah, you, oh, you're right, guys, it's fun. Your character. Uh, I'm only still in, like, Act 1, so... So you've uh, only banged three characters, <laughs> is what you're saying? I'm playing a rogue. I feel like I'm falling behind. Dude, uh, the game, wait. you'll know. The game's going to ramp up the horniness. Actually, they, I believe a recent patch cut down on the horniness because Act 1 was way more horny than it was intended to be. Wait, is this like the F- Grand Theft Auto 3 of of games? It's Dude, like game. an actual D&D campaign of games. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's D&D. Are you talking about banging people? I just remember getting into There's cars. There's a lot of sex in Baldur's Gate 3. And then you kill the hooker, and then you take the money. Not... Not a it's great like business same. model. No. <laughs> but uh, I also, also it's just not very cool. <laughs> no. uh, I play Grand Theft Auto to obey's like driving laws because that's the real challenge in that game. <laughs> yeah, I used to do that. It's so hard. Uh, they also grabbed Starfield, and I've been trying to get into that. Right, Starfield uh, is on my list. I'm probably going to wait till it goes on sale, though. Yeah, it's. Uh, oh man, I mean, high difficulty curve. They do not hold your hand or give you tutorials or anything, and it's really involved, so I'm pretty sure I'm missing, like, two-thirds of the game. Uh, I like really involved games. Yeah, been getting into Cyberpunk, and of course the whole game changes this week with the 2.0 patch, so I'm going to probably start over. Triggered. And then uh, a smaller uh, indie uh, mystery horror game called Scarlet Hollow I've been getting into really good. Kind of a visual novel type game. Highly recommended. And on sale on Steam as we record this. How much are they kicking back at you for that advertisement? I wish. Uh, <laughs> No, that's a fun little indie game. And then uh, I've been actually getting some writing done, which is good. I've been feeling uh, creatively inspired lately. And uh, as I look to my right, I see stacks of all my X-Wing crap I still have to organize and uh, keep finding excuses not to. So, Greg, please tell me you've been more productive than I have. I haven't done anything in months. All so, right. <laughs> yeah. Kids are still alive. That's, that's an uh, impressive feat on yeah. its own. I, I don't think I've done anything. To be honest, that oh, is no. fair. And don't be honest. Make something up. Lie to us. <laughs> oh, uh, I climbed a volcano and retrieved obsidian rocks, and I'm now nice. selling them. So please contact me. <laughs> You've been building and painting I, a lot of models and stuff lately. Contacting though. you right now, Greg. Give me some that sweet obsidian. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, I guess this is. I mean, this is kind of cool. I did my first uh, commission for a stranger. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I put myself out there. It was. It was a big. Big deal, I think. Uh, but uh, I just completed it. It's another Sabine tie, except for this one was quite tiny compared to my last one. Cool. So, and I got it back in the package, so it looks it looks cool like it was supposed to be there. But by the way, there's an official one, and I fucking destroyed the official one with my paint job. Google it. It's not that great. <laughs> uh, I can't Google it because it's been destroyed. I'm working. Sure. Turns out being an insurance adjuster is difficult. And tiring. So I've been going to bed early a lot and working. Um, been playing video games. Been playing an indie game myself, one that I've liked in the past called uh, Star Traders Frontiers. Um, fun game. You, it's kind of like Starfield. You are captain of your ship and your crew, but it's a it's a it's a spreadsheet game, not uh, an actual game. It's an RPG where you just yeah. make decisions. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay. my kind of game where I like to make decisions and let things happen. Um, 
And then alternating it with Crusader Kings 3 and Stellaris standard me stuff. Uh, baseball, Cardinals are terrible, um, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. Baseball season's coming to a close, so my free time will increase exponentially in about two weeks. Do you not watch the postseason, even if your team's not in it? It's it depends. Yeah. Like it's I don't I don't go out of my way to watch the games. Oh, that's good. fair. That's fair. All right, uh, Doug, you've actually uh, been the one of us doing something interesting recently. What did you do this past weekend? Uh, I went to a different games world championship. Uh, I went to the D and D onslaught world championship in Memphis, Tennessee, at Graceland specifically, which uh, for those that don't know is the Elvin. The Elvis Amusement Park. The mm-hmm. Elvis Amusement Park. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that random? Why would they do it there? <laughs> because uh, if you I, could, who doesn't want to play games at Graceland? Graceland well, I'm is not awesome. saying I wouldn't. I'm just saying it's random. It, it does hey. seem weird. Uh, so it's Wiz Worlds, which is Wiz Kids. Uh, it's their world championship. Like it's mostly Hero Clicks, but they added D and D this year. Um, it's really funny because, like, on the their rules for like the the con. Uh, it's very in like giant bold print says you cannot dress up as Elvis and come to this, this convention. What? That was literally the only thing I would want what? to do going yeah. there. Uh, it was also really funny because like the the hotel there was a deal for a hotel that was like on the the Graceland campus, mm-hmm. uh, and so the hotel was like fifty percent nerds and fifty percent old people who were there to see Elvis stuff. Um, oh, that's awesome. So now, I, I've been to yeah. Graceland to see the Elvis stuff, but just like you know, Graceland Mansion, the Elvis Museum and all that. Mm-hmm. But man, yeah, this was a convention center that was attached to the mm-hmm. actual like amusement park part of it. I don't know. I think it's an amusement park. I don't know. Uh, it's more like kind of a theme park, yeah. Theme Float park, yeah. Ten feet off of the streets while in Memphis. Uh, I did not. Uh, because we we made it as short a trip as possible to keep it cheap. Yeah, there's no song driving in Memphis. Was that for the? Yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> Mark Hunt, walking in Memphis. Look it up. It's a great song. It's a bomb, as the kids yeah. say. I've never been there. But so, how'd you do at the D and D onslaught World Championship? I came in second, which was really cool. Uh, nice. first. Hashtag cuts or OP. Yeah, you are undefeated <laughs> so in was, Swiss, or not technically Swiss. Uh, he defeated so was, everyone uh, in Swiss. <laughs> It was a very small tournament. Um, I mean, Onslaught came out in, uh, I want to say, February. Um, and its first oh. official event was Gen Con. Uh, so this was its second official event. And uh, uh, it came so out it's still that. really Did new. They, didn't you get it for Christmas? Uh, I you got, got an it early ordered release. for me for Christmas. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't even, I don't think I uh. had it until either late January or Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so there were only eight of us, um, which was a little bit smaller than we what we hoped for, obviously. Um, but so the original format was like four or five rounds of Swiss into a cut to top eight. And instead they were like eight people. Let's just do a seven round round robin. And then a nice. Cut to uh, and so I, I went undefeated in Swiss. And then our good buddy, Brian, who also plays, uh, beat me in the final. So he went, I was his only loss in Swiss. And then he got me back in the final. Um, Very nice. So it was a really, you're really tied for first then. Yeah. Uh, and then our, our other buddy, Lexi, uh, in the car, she had, she lost to me and Brian and one other person, but she came in third. Uh, so our car went first, second, and third at Worlds, which was pretty cool. Ooh, Very cool. nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, how long does a game of Onslaught last? Uh, currently, tournament rounds last an hour and a half, which is too long in my opinion. Oh, good lord. Um, Seven rounds yeah. of that? It, yeah. Uh, so it was four day, four rounds of Swiss day one, four oh, or three okay. rounds of Swiss day two, and then uh, yeah, the final cut. Okay. Um, That's yeah, pretty cool. So it was, yeah, it was a good time. Um, All right, that sounds not like a D and D podcast, so I won't go super into details. But people who know Onslaught at all, Harpers are currently OP. So if you want to beat up your friends, play Harpers. Sounds if you pretty beat good. Up your friends physically. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, there has been uh, some X-wing news that has gone around while we were uh, taking a short break. Um, I don't know if we want to rehash the arguments. There are things people are very passionate about. You can find that pretty much anywhere on the internet. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the only thing to say is that I, I think this group, this podcast, thinks that their decision was the wrong one. It is their right to do it, and the community has definitely overblown that it's like a shocking decision. It is It is something they said from the beginning. We just all, as a community, kind of collectively assumed they weren't that serious about it, and then they said, no, we are. Um, I think they could have handled it better. Like they could have made it clear earlier. And I, I personally wish they just hadn't made the decision. Yeah. But uh, 
at this point, there's not much to do about it other than try to Wait constructively. To if if you have to complain to AMG, try to do it constructively. Um, there yeah, is just like... a lot of vitriol towards AMG, and it makes it really easy for them to just shut it all out. And I think if we as a community can be a little better about not just yelling about everything we hate, then I think maybe we we could get a little bit more useful feedback to them. Very true, very true. So, yeah, feel free, make your voices heard, but don't shoot ourselves in the foot doing it, basically. Yeah. Well, with that, uh, this week we're going to kind of revisit some of what we were talking about in the last podcast when we were focusing on turn zero. Uh, strategies for everything from how do you deploy your units, how do you set up the objectives and the obstacles to greatest advantage. And to that end, we have all uh, put together some different lists, and we are going to virtually square off together in a very descriptive manner, because this is an audio podcast, so we're going to have to kind of give you our uh, best attempts here and uh kind of explain how we would set this up uh doug you want to uh you and i go first on this since we're the first two to paste our lists into the chat yeah sure all right what are you flying in this uh particular matchup uh so mine is a variant on the first list i ran uh with the new with these current points this current points iteration uh which the original one was boy vader uh barrage rocket tomax barrage rocket rhymer uh, something Deathfire that didn't have barrage rockets because it didn't have a second missile slot. Uh, Lorier and an Academy pilot, and I made the list because it goes one, two, three, four, five, six, and that was funny to me. Uh, so Who's Lorier? Lieutenant uh, Lorier. He's, uh, he's, he's the one who does the Yankee barrel rolls. Yeah, does oh. the Star Viper on his barrel rolls. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, so I've updated it to the Starter Vader, uh, the new Tomax, and the new Deathfire, and then Rhymer, Lorier, and an Academy pilot. Um, so I think uh, the big strength in my list is it's a six-ship list. Uh, it is not particularly good at the Joust, but it does have a lot of good guns. Like Vader's a good gun, obviously. Uh, the new Tomax is a good gun. Um, the Barrage Rocket Sat Selva Rhymer is pretty good. And then Lorir's a three-die gun. Uh, so it's not that it can't kill stuff, but it is relatively low initiative and relatively squishy, so it doesn't want to like head-on Joust. Um, but with a six-ship list, uh, you, you have pretty good objective control. Um, like it's it has multiple ships that are perfectly fine picking up a box and salvage. Uh, it has SSP Vader, who's a straight monster in scramble. Uh, you got six ships to to control points in assault. Um, so depending on what we're playing against, which if you want to go ahead and reveal your list, Matt. Absolutely. So I'm uh, put together a rebel list uh, with Harrison Dola in the B wing uh, with the foils. Uh, FCS, heavy laser cannon, and then uh, the the blade title that gives you a gunner, throwing skilled bombardier and thermal detonators on there. So kind of a little uh, utility ship that can do a little bit of everything at I-6. Uh, Fenrau uh, with marksmanship predator, Beskar, and Mandalorian optics. Boy Luke, Keo Venzi with uh, rockets, and Sabine with Beskar. So this, yeah. again... Uh, Looking at five-ship list, that's generally pretty good. Uh, Hera being the kind of swapped in for uh, some of the usual five-pointers that go in there. I thought having an I-6, and I do like the B-Wing, I kind of want to try that out for funsies. Um, the thing I like here is Hera and Fen, both at I-6, offer two very different approaches. So kind of seeing... Uh, where I could go with that and being, uh, you know, again, five-ship list, pretty strong. You've got some real good guns there. Uh, Sabine is a great two-pointer. Keo is just fun to send spinning around the board. And, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty solid. Now, against a list like yours there, uh, well, it would depend. Uh, what would we say our uh, scenario is here? Middle pick a scenario. Uh, so. Assault on the satellite array, okay. So, area control. You have more ships. I have higher initiative ships in the aggregate, but you've got, you know, five or six, you know, one through six. Hmm. Yeah, so if I were to, like, put down my list and see yours across from me, the first thing I'd think is that I don't want to adjust you. You go right. to 665. Uh, you have mm -hmm. Hera that can pass off tokens to make sure any of those shots are well modified. 
Um, you have a very good chance of initiative killing something between, like, if Hera lines up an HLC, and then you have a Fenrau shot, and then a Protorp. Um, so, uh, my list, I'm pretty sure I would bring three big, uh, I would guess three big rocks. Um, and I would want to, so for objectives, I would want to spread them out as much as possible. I would... Right. Don't, yeah, minimize my, uh, jousting block. Yeah, so, like, um... There's a lot of uh, a lot of the like stock standard is people kind of do like the four corners. It's not really corners because the they're circles, but like you know what I mean, where they they spread them out to the yeah as close I, to the corners as possible. Yeah, I've referred to that as the bow tie. Yeah, I actually prefer whenever I'm trying to spread out the map more is doing the berry. Uh, so make it uh, like rotate the axis so that it's a plus sign. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, if you played along with that, what it does is it makes it that there's no great engagement spot where you're just actively collecting points um now obviously you get a say in that as well uh but so i would start with i would bury deep in the middle on my side and then based on where you put yours on your side i would put mine as far away from it as possible okay uh, so my thought here is i would want to try and crowd things all onto one side as much as possible so i can keep my ships together uh while that would probably leave uh, one or two obstacles off on the other side of the board that you could send some of your ships to unclaimed you know, or unchallenged, to me, that would mean I now get to bring all of my ships against a smaller force of yours and get the numbers advantage first. That would be my thought there. I'd I also try and put the, op uh, the obstacles on that board because I honestly, with your faster ships, uh, feel like I would have an easier time getting around obstacles. Uh, I don't think that's exactly true in this case. Um, like Empire ships in general are faster, but bombers aren't. Yeah. Um, well, and also you've got the uh, the maneuverability with Laurier could really throw yeah. uh, a gameplay at I three. That's interesting. So yeah, this would be a pretty interesting matchup there. Uh, yeah. Like as far as obstacles go, so let's say for example, I, I bury my first one. Let's say I'm first player. Mm -hmm. I bury my first one middle towards me, as close to me as possible. I assume you place your first one towards one side on yeah side. i would i would you know let's just say you know my right your left side i'd place it probably parallel to that uh so deep on your end uh no uh if it, whichever side you just put your obstacle on i put on, it on the i'm on, going like straight middle as close to me as possible okay then i put it on your side about like range two to the uh same you know one side of the board because i want to get these bigger uh obstacles close to your side, force you to either jump through them wait, or wait, slow roll through them. One second. Are we talking obstacles or objectives? Because I was talking uh, objectives. Okay, you are saying, uh, okay, all right. Yeah, oh, obje sorry. Yeah, sorry. Ob objectives then, I want to, uh, yeah, if you're putting one in the middle, I'd probably put one in the middle as well, uh, but closer to the middle, so we can kind of bunch them closer to one side of the board. That's fair. In which case, if you did that, I would just either left or right side, I would just do it as far away as possible. And I would try and put them, you know, mirror that, but as close as I can legally get them, because wanting to bunch them up. Right. Yeah, so then, so what you end up having there is that your, we'll say middle right, or middle left, it doesn't really matter, but you have one side, one one quadrant that is yep. the obstacles, or objectives are a little bit closer to each other. Mm -hmm. So then, in that case, I would take my biggest rocks, and I would just cluster them as much as I could around there. Um, yeah, and essentially say if you want the engage, the rocks are going to have to be a factor, right? And I actually would be comfortable with that because I think I have I'm pretty good and familiar with these ships at getting around rocks. So kind of like I feel this is a weird variant of that aphorism: if two players are jousting, one of them is wrong. If we both have the same strategy, one of us is making a mistake here. Yeah, uh, and. So I will say, I think you're wrong in this, this situation. And it's because I don't intend to jest you. Like, if you want to go through the rocks, that's fine. I'm just going to have Deathfire chuck bombs at you in the rocks where it's hard for you to get away from them. And the rest of my ships are going to go scramble for objectives. And then once you have untangled yourself, I'll start fighting you. But the initial idea is not to joust you in those rocks. It's just to, if you want to collect points easily with your ships close to each other, you have to deal with the rocks. And if you spread out, then it's a different game entirely at that point. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, spreading out for me, I think with the exception of Vader, almost all my ships have a good 1v1 matchup with an equivalent ship. I'm not going to try and, you know, joust Tomax with Sabine, 
but I think that, hmm. Now, I would, again, I'd try and set up, if we've got four objectives on one side, you know, one half of the board, I'm going to try and control that half of it and play around the obstacles. Uh, I've got the advantage that, with the exception of Sabine, all my ships have, you know, very, the option to do small, you know, tight maneuvers. Uh, but yours do as well, especially with the slow-moving bombers. It's just your Academy pilot and my tie that are probably going to square off somewhere. Uh, I think this really goes, because we're also both ordnance. We've got ordnance in there, but yours lean more towards the barrage rockets and Vader's double actions. Uh, you're not going to ion missling with Vader much, I'd imagine. Uh, uh, it depends on the situation. The ion missile on Vader can actually be really useful, like on range three shots of just like... It, it can force token expenditure in weird ways because, like, you don't want to deal with the ion. Yeah, um, one thing I don't want to see with Hera is a fully modded ion missile coming at me yeah, because exactly. I like my linked actions too much. Uh, Especially because I have Tomax actually falling a sh shot up afterwards into somebody like Hera. Like, I don't necessarily... Like, obviously, damage is always damage. Uh, but I don't mind firing the ion missile and only doing one because I have the plasma torque to follow it up. Exactly. And that can leave me in a very, very vulnerable spot there. So I would think I would probably not put Hera into the scrum. I think I would probably put Hera on a flank closer to the middle and try and use her to find whichever ships you're going to take after those, uh, un, you know, the, the non-bunched obstacle uh, objectives. I would try and use Hera to hunt down those and keep you honest. In the, uh, uh, when I was flying the Republic list, the six-ship list, that's what I used uh, one of my arcs for. Just always usually Axe, pulling him off to that side to, uh, not Axe, Oddball, pulling him off to the side to try and keep my opponent honest if they were going to go after what looked like a lone objective out there. Uh, because much like an arc, Hera, with all of that honor, can seem like just a big bully at yeah. I-6 to set that kind of stuff up. So, yeah, that I think this would be a an interesting matchup because you've got three high-agility ships. I've got three high-agility ships. This, yeah, this would probably be a, a pretty straightforward matchup. Assault, again, I think, I don't know, because we're both able to just kind of with you having the ship advantage, rotating ships through, we don't have any medium-based ships to factor in here. I really think yeah, it comes down to who's just going to be better at uh, maneuvering through the obstacles. Yeah, this, is, this is the toughest part of, of trying to do this, uh, just like theater of the mind. is like uh, We can talk through objective and obstacle placement decently, but then it really comes down to yeah. deployment. and how It falls apart after that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think we still get good information on just like initial initial impressions on how you should place objectives and obstacles and like yeah. how how it could drive the game. Yeah, I think though, uh, realistically, if we've got most of the obstacles and objectives on one half of the board, if you like, imagine the like the north south line between us as the halfway point. Most of the items on the border on one side, and we've got a couple objectives on the other. I think I would want to set my list up in the middle so I'd have the option to turn in or turn away and have an open field joust that suits me better now that I think about it. Uh, yeah. Is, again, it, it comes down to deployment, but my head sim of it would be Laurier would be flanking on the open side of the board and would very more... aggressively head towards your, your deep objective. Uh, so then you either have to try and catch the squirrely Laurier, or you have to like turn into the rest of my list that's slow rolling on the rock side of the board. Okay, yeah, I, I could definitely see that as a uh, as a matchup. All right, well, uh, I think that right there is an example of trying to play to our strengths, our list strengths, and the uh, the scenario there. Uh, Greg, Alex, uh, if you were watching this game, what would you expect to see out of it? Um, X-Wing? Yeah. <laughs> X-Wing. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just thinking of how Doug plays um, that Vader. And, Doug, is that Vader more of a, like, I think you might have said it, a jousting Vader? 
Uh, Boy like, Vader is more jousty. Like SSP Vader is like pseudo ace piece adjacent. Okay. Yeah, okay. he's got afterburners, hate ion missiles, and the uh, the standard Vader spend a force taking action. Um, well, honestly, I kind of liked how you said that you're gonna kind of force Matt into like a situation. You're gonna do your thing with the objectives, um, and if he wants to get those, you know, uh, if he That's wants to come after you, can. That's always something with the the advantage of being the list that's better in objectives is you can force them to be reactionary to you. Precisely. Um, and I don't play that way. I don't either. Um, no. As we talk about our game, Greg, I'm here to kill you. Okay. All right. Well, let's look at uh, what Greg and Alex uh, would bring to the table here. I'm here to, I'm here to kill you. I'm here to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, I brought... Um, Scum Dash, Dr. Afra, Dirge, and Lima Kai. Okay. Uh, standard loadout lash, lash dash, or. That's uh, the only option for Scum. Oh, right. Yeah, you don't have to build it there. And then uh, Dr. Afra with the fun little stress mechanics. Um, uh, just the print three hits, Dr. Afra. I okay. put the upgrades on there, but it's Rook on Gunner. Yeah. Um. And- Usually do like contraband and yeah, either baffle or unkar. Mm-hmm. Would would Lando be good? Because uh, well, Lando, oh, there's a way to get two calculates. Is that IG? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and then she could potentially use her ability when it gets to her because she might have multiple tokens. So um, here, what you do with Afra is you reinforce with your regular action, and then you have Han Gunner when you activate. So you can spend right. the reinforced being low initiative. You can spend the reinforced to stress someone. Gotcha. Oh, cool. okay. yeah. yeah. So the the Han Rook is essentially Boy Fader on offense. Yeah. Like you have whenever because you strain yourself while taking the red focus with Han, and then you just get to change something to a hit, and then you have the is focus. that what Rook says? Rook gunner is even form a red action. You can take a strain, and then when you are strained, you can change a hit or an eye to a. Oh, and you don't give an F if you're strained. I'm mm-hmm. a YV. Hey, Cardinal's on top with the Wayne still pitching. Like not only are you a YV with reinforce, you don't care, but you also don't you don't even get it until I three because that's when you engage right. with Han Gunner. Yeah. Um, so it very frequently means absolutely nothing. Yeah, um, Afra's very strong. You don't even get the strain until three. Yeah, Correct. you get it when you take the okay. red focus when you engage. Gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha. Afra is the thing most people are like. You're bringing Dengar instead of Afra, but I want the initiative. In my standard list, but in this one, I figured it'd be fun to throw Afra there. Um, I think Dash covers Afra's weaknesses pretty decently. Okay, um, and Scum Dash. Uh, what's the ability there? Don't it is care. the exact name as yeah. The, they're the, the exact same ones. Are the, exact the cards same. are the exact same? As oh, okay, so it's after you gain a red token, as okay, so he ignores uh, well, mostly blank. Yeah, yeah, he's an I five. Yeah, yeah. the okay. most useful I have found from it is you bring ga- if you're worried about triggering Dash's ability, you bring gas clouds. And then you can either pass out the strain, or if you roll the crit, you can pass off one ion, so you're not ionized. Uh, but even then, it's range zero to one. It is a very limiting ability. Uh, it's mostly black. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Dirge and Liam are both I five too. So five 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 three, with some pretty high powered offense, because Lima's got plasma. Now with Lima not having two sixes shooting before, she can bring plasma torps. Um, yeah. And be really effective into lower initiative jesters like arcs. All right. Well. Uh, Greg, what would you be bringing to the table here? Um, low confidence. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, so I, uh, you what? I'm here to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am here to die. Um, so uh, it's General Greasy with Lone Wolf and Afterburners. Uh, and then left off, but it's free, so take it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Whatever. Okay. Um, and then the two uh, three-point HMPs. Um, this okay. should look familiar, Doug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the one that I flew at that championship, the first the first one. Uh, Soonfec with uh, Treacherous and Snare, uh, Marshalship and Targeting Computer. And Dirge with Treacherous, um, Proton Cannon, Contraband, and the title. Um, it's a lot of... Oh, sorry. The one thing I would say, I like the idea of the Lone Wolf Grievous, but I think you just take Impervium and Marksmanship. Like, the uh, Impervium to just chuck cards is, is so strong. 
Yeah, it's effectively. Yeah, for sure. Oh, wait. Does Impervium cost money? It's, it's two points. It's two points. We can take marksmanship oh, instead Impervium. of Impervium. There you go. I feel like they changed something, or maybe I just have not looked at this in forever. Yeah. Impervium used to be free, and then the okay. Change made it too. I actually totally forgot about Impervium. Okay, so yeah, that's uh, marksmanship after burners and Impervium. Greasy, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So this list, just I like to, the box. I like that. I like to screen with the HMPs. And then hopefully uh, it can kind of uh, control that space so that Sunfect can make that wide turn. Um, that has gotten me in trouble, but I think it's a good thing because I learned from that. I went too wide. Um, so I think I just start, you know, farther in the middle of the board. But, uh, uh, and then Dirge is just super annoying because he doesn't die. Um, I, thought, I thought Grievous was still going to be three points, and I thought that would be funny, but he's six because he's good. Uh, oh, I have I have him in my list anyway. I couldn't do that. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's two general greasies. Um, <laughs> two greasies, five me. <laughs> two greasies. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my list. All right, uh, Greg. What scenario do you think that five ship list would be best at? It's ah. best at cargo. Okay. You get a uh, random scenario when we choose the best one from the thing is, yeah, uh, to Alex, be fair. Yeah, Alex, what would your list be best at? Sunfock and you have two large base ships. So he needs the good scenario. <laughs> so if yours if yours is best oh, at chance true. and uh, Greg's is oh, best true. at uh uh salvage mission, let's say scramble. Scramble, and that's the one with the three objectives three. and you okay. action to flip them. Ah, okay. So okay. right right off the bat here, four ship list versus five ship list. And he's got two large bases. He's got a Y wing who's kind of slow, and then Dirge who's annoying. Um, that's why he's here, Dirge. Though, mine doesn't get cloak for whatever reason. <laughs> oh well, that's true. Scum, yeah. scum Dirge can't bring the title because yeah. AMG hates scum. AMG <laughs> hates scum. <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, my tongue in cheek, everyone. Uh, AMG tolerates. Uh, <laughs> he tolerates them. Yeah. All right. So um, middle. What if you're if you see Greg's list across from me? What is your first thought on? Um, sure. Hope I won Chat Sunfuck on his way in. Um, my first. I, I don't know Sunfuck. I I wouldn't worry too much about it with your list. Yeah, I mean, I don't want the game to come down to Doctor Afra versus everybody but Sunfuck. Like. <laughs> um. Oh. I mean, my goal is the same in all scenarios, is to kill as many ships as possible so that Greg does not have a chance to win the game. Um, I'm, That's a really good tactic. It tends to be. Um, because this is Scramble, I'm not going to bury one. I'm not going to bury it on Greg's side because I don't want it to just sit there and rack up points for Greg. So I'm going right. to bring it as close to the middle as possible so that it can change back and forth as often. Assuming I'm first player. If I'm second player, I'll do the same thing, but second. I say just to clarify that, because we've talked a lot about burying objectives in Scramble over the last few podcasts. Like it's good if you have ships that make like big sweeping passes or are very fast and can get down there and Yeah, or do like a big five K past it and can pick it up on the turn afterwards. But like, Smittle ships, like like Afra, in theory, does do a sweeping pass, but like Afra needs to slow roll as much as possible to keep shooting. Yeah, I really fast. don't want to waste Afra's time doing anything besides killing people. Yeah. And and um, because you're a four ship scum list, like you really need every ship shooting every turn. Yeah. Um, Which is why I want to, if I can pull those in, where maybe Dash can be in a position to threaten both the middle and that objective. Um, that's the goal, as opposed to having it far away where I can just rack up points for Greg. All right, Alex. What obstacles do you bring with this list? Small rocks. Small rocks? Okay. Uh, what about you, Greg? Big rocks. I always bring big rocks. Uh, ever since I didn't want to make any decisions, I started bringing big rocks. <laughs> and uh, it's it's helped me like learn how to fly. Um, but it also, uh, I noticed that when I get to the table, there are those people who go, ah, oh, you brought big rocks. And it's I know it's like one out of like probably every, you know, six people I play. But... Still, there's that time where you're like, okay, I brought those big rocks and I made that person uncomfortable. And then they usually try to just put those big rocks like to, so that they don't mess, like so that they don't have to like deal with them. They're wasting so then their I kind of getting rid of do what? They're wasting their obstacle placements getting rid of your rocks as opposed Boom, to that's exactly what they're what doing. They want. Yes, sir. Uh, but I also in this instance, that is already my strategy. 
So get these rocks the hell away from me into the far corner. <laughs> <laughs> Just to that point a little bit, I think uh, in this meta in particular, uh, it is very much a fine call to take big rocks because you want to mess with your opponent because a lot of the top medalists really don't want to see big rocks. Like the Arquist does not want to see big rocks. Han yeah. doesn't really want to see big rocks if you can successfully like cluster part of the board. Um, yeah, like I mean, those are the two main meta staples right now, and yeah. neither of them like lots of big rocks. Yeah, as an arc player, I can say that having to use R4P and my three hards when I wanted to save that for a different maneuver, just so I could get around a rock and have an action, happened more often than I'd like, and always because of the big obstacles. And just things like Oddball wants to rearrange one of his buddies, and if you mm -hmm. have a bunch of big rocks, it's very hard to do. Mm -hmm. True. All right. Uh, so, uh, let's say Greg's the first player. How do you place your obstacles here? You've got your objectives okay. close to the center. Okay. Are you both well, doing close to the center? Yes, I only. I'm. I, I and this. I was first player, and I placed Greg my objective close to the center on Greg's side. Greg never placed his objective. Ah. Um. Let's see. On my side, so I have to go your side. Uh, yeah, my side. I would probably just do uh, an opposite placement. Like, I would just mirror his placement. Do you mm -hmm. think um, you would try to be close to the middle objective or far away from it? Or are you literally just mirroring? Uh, like, well, farther away than closer? Where? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big buncher um, for ob objectives. <laughs> I like to spread out uh, a buncher. A buncher. It's all yeah, the same Looking at the matchup specifically, I think you want mm. the scrambles as far away from each other as possible. Right. Yeah. Um, he has fewer ships. You and Smittle really does not want to spend actions claiming. No. So, I don't want. The, I don't want the objectives to be a factor in this game. Yeah, and really? because so you you're not going options, for those. It's a scum list. That's really that's scum's only option, yeah, um, especially this style of list. Um, scum's only option is to like kill. It's Scum's best option, I should say. Gotcha. With mo most of their lists that seem to be at the top tier. And then specifically because of your matchup, you have Sunfock, who wants nothing to do with Athra and Dash for as long as possible. Like, yeah. if you have one op one objective that is very far away from where you think the engagement's going to happen, you have Sunfock go grab it, and then it never gets changed again. And it gives time for Smittle ships to commit so that Sunfock can try to get in on the couple of small base ships and honestly Ooh. hope to trade for Lima or Dirge, like uh, if if Smittle wants Sunfog dead, it's probably going to happen. Um, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, there's just too much hard coverage between Dash and Afra. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, I but the longer you delay him committing to it, the more he has to pick between committing to Sunfog and committing to other pieces in the list. And yeah, somebody like, like Afra hates committing. She really yeah. wants, just wants to shoot at whatever's closest to her all the time. Yep. Right. Sounds yeah, interesting. So. What do you think, uh, now, objectives being like that, what about obstacles? Do you want to cluster them? Do you want to try and spread them out? What's the general thought here from each of you? I want them, I want them spread out because I have two large base ships. Um, like I brought small rocks because I want them to have impact as little as possible at the moment. Like Maybe that changes if I have a bunch of reps. But um, yeah. So I'm spreading them out. I'm if I'm first player like I like I seem to be, I would uh, take the biggest rock and put it in the corner that's farthest away from the obstacle on Greg's side. Okay. So if if I set up his the uh, the objective dead center, I'd just pick a side. But if I didn't set it up dead center, I'd put the obstacle on the far side from the objective. All right. Would you play into that, Greg, or uh, would you try a different strategy? Well, I never play into whatever Alex wants me to do. That's true. Um, man. I, I would uh, I would try to set those obstacles up so I can make a three hard difficult. Um, obviously, that's easier said than done, um, especially for somebody who's flown so much Bosk in the past. Um, so... But also, Dash no longer gets to ignore those obstacles, right? That is true. Right. Okay, so you still have to be able to fly. That's uh, why I brought Tiny Rocks, and I'm trying to spread as much. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. And I would just have to try to facilitate however I could yeah, to I mean, just if, be annoying with those. If um, I put the biggest one in one of your corners, a good move is to put the next biggest one 
Ooh. range one of it closer towards the center. I would have done that exactly. Yes, I would have. I would have. I probably would have tried to have made a wall. And if I would have made a wall, then that would have either affected your setup or not. But then I would have moved. I would have been able to tell. Um, because what's your list? You, you have a three. Three and then three fives. Three and three fives. Oh, okay. So we're really just getting information on uh, on Afra. So here's yeah. some tech that I found that's really helpful against, especially multiple large ships. But um, like whenever they are trying to get obstacles as far away from each other as possible, uh, when you're building your wall, like a lot of people will like cluster or make triangles and stuff like that. I have found that, like especially in Spindle's case, he places his first one in a corner. Uh, mm. Try and make a diagonal across the map. Yeah, because it makes it it it, it very successfully cuts the map in half for large base ships. Like they have to pick which side they're going on, and then it's a pain in the ass for them to get to the other side. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, this I sounds think... kind of like you know, <laughs> a thought, and this is actually uh, came up from thinking of our game down in Republic, Alex. Uh, if I, if my opponent is flying, you know, okay, this is straight up here. If I'm flying, Alex. Alex has shorter arms than I do. I want to have his ships on my side of the board, so he has to think harder about where they go, and it's not as intuitive for him. I do not condone this thought process. That's I know. It's, it's a terrible, I, but, my, my thought process is not affected by how far my arms have to reach. It's like you have short arms. I do have short arms. That's a categorical <laughs> fact. Four oh inches shorter God. than my height. It's, 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 it's kind of the idea that, you know, oh, just man. what Doug said, if you're splitting the board in half, making your opponent have to commit to which side are my ships going to be on, you can say, all right, I don't want to go into this scum blender. I'm going to put all my ships on the other side, and if he wants to kill me, he's got to come through the rocks to do it. Oh. Have you Spoilers. ever played on a long table and like, so say you're on the end and so say there's somebody next to you, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever put your stuff on the end just so that you know it'd be easier to do it? All I was time. actually about to say, spoilers, 99% of the reason I set up on a certain side of the board is because I'm right-handed and my shift yeah. had to start on the right side of the board. I, but yeah, if remember... I'm on the corner, I'll start on the, the corner side so I have an easier time <laughs> accessing my stuff. I do remember in first edition, I can't remember who the player was, but there was a player who like, he actually like theorized his rock placement and stuff like that based on the fact that most people are right-handed and will set up on the right side of the board. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a great Theory, because I, I do the same thing. It's comfortable. I, say, yeah. I threw him off because I was left-handed, and, yeah. and and I set up on the left. He was like, well, I'm still right. You're left-handed? Yeah. He's been left-handed the whole time, man. The whole fucking time? He's sinister yeah. as hell. Oh, my no, God. That's, that's, what, that's what it means. It's yeah, sinister it means left-handed. Right. To that point, I do that when I see Dengar. I know Dengar doesn't want to you know, make those right turns, so I try and be like, all right, I'm going to force you to set up on this side or go through the obstacles. Yeah, it doesn't um, always work that way, but Dengar's Dengar's got a brand new life as a jester now. Like yeah. the whole setup, Dengar on the left. It's it's a brave new world for Dengar. Very true, very true. All right, so dividing the board, things like that. Uh, Greg, you've got the initiative advantage here, so sort of. Yeah, sort. Of. I mean, you you've got the highest initiative, but you've also got a one out there. I mean, sure, but he has he has one six, but then I have he has a six and a five, but then I have three fives. Right, risk is also because it's Sunfuck against large base ships. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> it's uh, it's worse than usual for old Sunfuck. Yeah, it's very very odd here. You you know, you're, and neither you're of the small base ships are one shotable by Sunfuck either. Right, Dirge and Liam are, are relatively tanky. I will say too that I, um, now you have two large base, which is obviously double the number one but i faced against a lot of hans that day i faced i think i faced three hans that yeah. day mm -hmm. and uh i never once was scared with some fact i i did not it actually did not affect what I was going to do, and actually, it enticed the individuals to attack Sunfak. And, um, uh, if I, I mean, okay, I'm not a, a, a three-step-ahead strategist. I wish I was, but I'm not. 
And so, like, I would go into such a way that I would be like, okay, we're going to we're gonna either go all in or we're evading and we're being careful. And I would be, I would evade and be careful, and these individuals would try to shoot Sufek. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just, you know, I'll hit you with my Discord missile or I'll hit you with whatever. And I'll just be annoying with my, with my guys that I screen with. And obviously, you know, players that, you know, are like, uh, you know, national players, you know, you, you, like, like Doug, you're looking at it from a completely different standpoint than maybe me and another dude that play on the weekends or whatever. Well, um, I do want to say, like, Sunfok is not useless against large base ships. He's just not worth five points. Like, right. uh, you still, you still are yeah, an ice ship with your positions. You can, you can line up bullseyes. You can get good mm -hmm. shots on him. Uh, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you're a four health, three agility ship that has a blank pilot ability and has a blank ten point upgrade. Yep. Uh, and so, like, he's not worth the five points. That doesn't mean he can't be useful. Uh, it doesn't mean that he can't still get big moments off or anything. And it doesn't mean, like, like you said, you can still roll him and bait people into shooting at him. You can still create value. It's just not the inherent sun fact value that you're expecting when bringing him. Okay. So but here's, here's the list. If you, with this list, Dirge just literally doesn't die. And then Greasy just uh, gets his, he, well, he doesn't die either. Because if, you know, the crits land well. Um, you have and so very people look at them. Do what? You have four very beefy ships in Sunfog. Yeah, I mean, in this yeah. list, I'm killing so Sunfog for his side, I'm... target and worth the most points. Like, well, that, that's point, fine, so but I'm, I'm beating the shit out of whatever I'm I'm shooting at, to be honest. Sure. And, if, and if, you know, I, if I can do that quick enough, uh, then the it doesn't matter. Are, the discords are great uh, in this matchup. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Dash is probably pointing his arc sideways, so if you discord him, he's sad. Like, <laughs> he can oh. barrel roll, but, like, if you're forcing Dash to barrel roll to get rid of a discord, that's a pretty big win, because he's stressing himself and mm -hmm. not taking mods that he desperately wants for his ward I shot. Um, like, true. if you discord Afra, she can shoot it, but, like, she doesn't want to be shooting a discord over her heavily modified shot into something else. Um, mm -hmm. Like, the, the discords can definitely be a big that's factor. That's what Dirge is for. Yeah. True. So here's Dirge, a question. Discord killer, as they call yeah. him. That I have. Uh, killer. Having only flown against Sunfock, and I've never actually put Sunfock on the table on my side, against a large base ship like Dash, my first thought is, do you want to try and... If Sunfock has to engage Dash, which I would think, you know, not the ideal scenario, would you want to bring Sunfock in at, like, as close to a 45-degree angle as possible so you have the option to tractor barrel roll yourself out of his arc. I or... think that's too contextual based on positioning. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he just might not have the opportunity. Because yeah. you're almost always going to be able to line up a bullseye against a large base. I understand the point you're getting at, and that is, yeah. in theory, a good idea. Um, I, I, I'm not trying to go after Dash at all. <laughs> well, And now, to be fair, uh, Sunfock could actually be decent against Dash, because Dash does not like things getting range, range one, one yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, Sunfire can dance around and stay within that range one. Yeah. Uh, the problem is Afro one trying Sunfuck in any range. I was to say Afro's there to be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. hey, yeah, what's if, up? If Sunfuck can get yeah, behind yeah. Afro, he's happy. But if Sunfuck is anywhere in Afro's front arc, he doesn't like, want to be there. That's a big net that she casts. Yeah. I'm pretty but good he, at keeping ships out from behind of YVs, believe it yeah. Especially when you have a 2400 that is covering that. that yeah. Like it's like, Just from anywhere it, on the board, the 2400 is covering that. Yeah, because like, in general, one of the good ways to get behind YVs is to bump into them and then fly past them. And if you bump into them to get the range zero from Afra, you're probably eating a four die shot from Dash. And that's like that's not something you want to <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> yep. Very true, very true. And like right. Lima's plasma torp is coming in first. So I have a pretty strong alpha strike with three I five shots, including a plasma torp. Mm -hmm. uh, to get back to the, the turn zero discussion for this list. Um yeah. or these lists, <laughs> I do think that uh Greg has a clear advantage in Scramble. Agreed. Uh, mostly because he has more ships and you do not want to spend actions doing it. Agreed. Um, so he can create advantages there. All that being said, I Which do I think... think Greg should push that advantage. He should recognize yeah, and he yeah. should take he should take them as often as possible to yeah, take all react. three. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing is like an HMP taking an action to scramble is worth so much more than any of Smittle's ships taking that same action. Mm -hmm. yep. Or so much less, I should say. Like, oh no, I lost a calculate. Lima lost her lock for the turn. Like yeah. uh, you know, Afra lost her reinforce, which is whatever. But um Dirge did anyway, so, probably. Yeah. Um, he lost his three stress tokens. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, that being said, I do think Smittle's list is the type of list that can chew yours up pretty quick. Like those plasma torps are going to eat yeah, into like, the HMP real fast. Or Grievous. Like if I can get a plasma dash shot on Grievous, Afra's got a chance of punching Grievous to a pretty lethal low limit early. Uh, and Afra is good against somebody like Grievous because Afra maxes hits, but she doesn't crit generate like something like Vader does. In fact, you can change a crit to a hit with the Rook Gunner if you need to as well. Yeah, if you need to. Uh, actually, if you, if you may change a blink or eye result. Oh, is it blinker? All right. Well, yeah. I've never done that before. Um, <laughs> I have. I've never played this list. <laughs> but yeah, those are just some examples of being able to analyze the list, figure out. What are we going to say, Doug? Oh. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, sorry about that. All right. Uh, but here we go, you know, looking at lists, looking at your opponent, trying to figure out what's their win condition, how they want to do it, play into it, play against it. A lot of stuff going on there. Uh, you know, I really think that this is one of those skills that goes underrated a lot, being able to know how your list and your opponent's list are going to interact in a given scenario, and then setting the game up to be more to your advantage than not. I mean, Sun Tzu said it in The Art of War, he who controls the battlefield controls the battle. If you get to pick the, the fighting ground, that's halfway winning. So if you can, quote-unquote, win turn zero or use that to your advantage, it's a much less uh, even battle in your favor. Um, yeah. Doug said something before, and it was, well, I know Alex does it too. You go into the game with a, with a plan. And you execute your plan. And how do you not let the other person... Like, okay, so reactive play, yes, that is a thing. But when I come up to something and say I'm playing Alex... So a big one is I was playing Alex in St. Louis. He had Finn. Uh, that was uh, oh, shoot. Finn, that droid in the Mando ship. Oh, man. Oh, Katsu? Yeah. And so your thing was like, you just wanted to beat the shit out of me. And I was like, okay, how do I prevent this? I technically, I don't know if I could have because you move so fast, right? So my thing was, okay, avoid that and get objectives before you could do your thing. But I knew that it was going to be such an uphill battle that my plan really, I didn't really have a plan going into that. How do you not let the other person's list intimidate you enough to do that because like okay or this one i go into this and i have two large base ships that i have to deal with like do, do you just stick to that plan or do you uh, bail i, I, I bail all the time um yeah. you what i think the... go ahead Smell. Uh, so i bail all the time as i was treating mm -hmm. myself like, oh, okay. i change my plans constantly um what are you gonna oh. say then uh, so I think the big thing, like for your example, Greg, is it just takes reps. Like um, for me, the uh, the list I took to Gen Con, and then I'm going to be playing at XTC, the Kylo plus four. Uh, initially, like I played it at the first store champs went on I went to, and I lost to uh, the guy who won with uh, an arc list. And initially, it felt like a bad matchup for me because um, they were both kind of jousting lists, and his was just a more reliable one where mine kind of kind of needed green dice to hold up in order to joust it. Uh, and then I just I put in multiple reps with it, and I found a strategy that worked. And now I feel very comfortable in art with with a list that on paper might not be great, um, but it's utilizing turn zero stuff. It's it's creating a cluster of rocks near objectives that are important, and then dragging those arcs through the rocks to get an advantage and stuff like that. Like it's. Um, that's not super helpful for an in-the-moment decision, but I think it's like if if you're planning on taking a list to a big tournament, like identify stuff that you're struggling against and and just play games to get it against it and figure out uh, moments that are optimal for you and how to like recreate that. If that makes uh, sense. Okay. And okay. like to quote. American hero, Captain Cold. You make the plan, you execute the can. If the plan goes off the rails, you throw away the plan. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah like you, you gotta adapt, and being adaptive is a skill set on its own as well. Um, but if you have a general idea of what you do well, and a general idea of what they don't do well, and what they do well, you can, in general, come up with something in the moment that can maximize your strengths while limiting theirs. And if you can't, you've probably lost that game of X-Wing. Right. To get specific with like these two list matchups, uh, 
you you really want the opening engaged to be near rocks, like uh, preferably with like rocks between you guys, so that Smittle, if he wants to keep engaging, has to move towards them. And then even if you get beat up, at some point he has to deal with those rocks, and that's where you can create an advantage. Like your HMPs can side slip, so that you're still getting shots off while he's trying to, you know, like yeah, you might take some some around. some body blows in the opening round, mm-hmm. but you might be able but to no trade that shot. for an advantage yeah. later on. Yeah. From a reactive player point of view, uh, I go with the Mike Tyson theory. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's exactly, you know, the same concept you were just saying, Alec. You know, have a plan, plan goes off the rails, abandon the plan, make a new plan. You know, be able to still find a new way to get to your goal. Uh, If, you know, if you get that initial engage and you lose a ship you weren't expecting to, Look at what you've now got, reassess the plan, try and rebuild. And that in itself, we could do an entire episode on, you know, what to do when you, your biggest gun has just been taken off the board. Uh, it's, it's you know, you still got to be able to know what you can still do to win. And there are going to be points where you look at that board and you realize there is nothing I can do to win from here. And at that point, you have to decide how long you want to drag that out. But that's another topic entirely. I think that, uh, again, use turn zero to try and push things in your favor for that initial engage, and after that, well, then it's anybody's ballgame. I have been implementing these turn zero things, and I have I have Doug's head in my voice every time I'm like thinking about objectives, and you're like talking about bury it or or you know whatever, and I'm like, okay, okay, this is what you know, this was what makes sense. Uh, even just for my list, like, I'm just like, okay, I don't want this to happen. So, you know, you have to do whatever. Um, but I have been really taken in turn zero. I, dude, I used, to, I used to throw my obstacles. Yeah. I remember that. And they used to like plop down and I'm like, that looks dope. And, <laughs> and now it's just like, no, no, no. Okay. Obviously I want to do this with it. I need to do this and my objectives. And turn I still, that's most important it's ever been. It, yeah. For, for real. It my, is because of, by extreme margins, in my opinion, like yeah. I, yeah, I think turn zero could create like, if we want to make up numbers, it could create like a five percent advantage in first and second edition. Like mm-hmm. I think pretty equally between the two, and I think it can create upwards of a like forty to fifty percent advantage in in two point five. Like it, it can legitimately change outcomes of games if you have a plan and your opponent doesn't, and they just walk into it. Uh, which is mm-hmm. very easy to do if you're not thinking about turn zero. It, yep. it is yeah, it's very easy, easy to just be like three turns and you'd be like, oh, he set me up, I'm dead. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. for I sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully that uh, threw a whole bunch of knowledge at y'all and you're able to pick some nuggets out of that to take forward. If you've got other topics like this you'd like to hear us uh, talk about, make a comment on the uh, Facebook post, get a hold of us. We'll be glad to talk about what you guys uh, want to see. Well, with uh, that knowledge, we do have some stuff coming up, uh, not immediately, but I believe it's the weekend of October 14th and 15th is uh, Crossroads up in Indianapolis. Four weeks from now. Four weeks from now. We should have another episode between now and then, but uh, they've already got, I believe, 35, 36 people registered. It's looking to be a pretty big thing. The prizes look amazing. Uh, You know, props to Mark Moriarty and everybody who's putting those prizes together i believe there are going to be potentially multiple worlds invites uh offered at there this one world invite per 16 people signed yeah. up they're at two right now uh, so yeah if you're thinking of going to crossroads uh one thing that would be really helpful for them is if you sign up at least on the roll better as soon as possible uh they are also doing if you buy your ticket in advance the first 50 people to buy their tickets are getting some of the metal super thin um objective objective markers and they're Ooh. like Battle of Ender. They're theme, uh, like Target Computer themed. Yeah. yeah. They're very cool. Well, I'm going to have to go buy my ticket. I was going to say, that's that's a good Okay. Crossroads is probably oh. my number one favorite event. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is great. If, I love Crossroads. Crossroads. If, if Indianapolis is at all travelable for you, you should make it a, a trip to Crossroads. It is. There, it's, it is it's, it's, yeah, I'm very excited. Place. I get to go for the first like, time this year. Yeah. It is bar none my favorite, like, non official event ever. Yeah. And it's been amazing every single year. To tag on what Doug was saying, if you, okay, some people go onto websites and they see that other people are not registered. And if they have to drive, they say, oh, well, there's only this many people registered. I guess I'll just not. 
Um, and so, like Doug was saying, you go and you register, and if everybody does that, you're like, oh, snap, there's 30, 40, 50, 60 people, whatever. Um, that will encourage people to go as well. Um, yeah, like right now, there's one signed up in Wichita, and that doesn't make me want to drive to Wichita. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and roll better super easy. Just just sign up if you think there's a chance you'll go. Like you're not I've, locked I've into paying up. for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, me. I never I mean, don't up. lie and sign up if you have no intention of going. Don't like yeah, the numbers worse. unnecessarily. But <laughs> like, if bad. you think there's any chance you'll go, just sign up on the roll better so that we have so that the the TO and the organizers have a good idea of the number of people who are going to show up. Yeah. And these are all hella people. Like it's yeah. an amazing group, Hanger Nineteen. They are the most people. And, yeah. And of the prizes they've shown, which uh, if you haven't seen, it's like it's alt arts based on faction, and then they're giving away tons of official alt arts, and like the top eight gets a full set covers. of file covers that have the picture. Of, so like uh, Afra is the scum alt art. If you play scum, if yeah. you make top eight, you get an Afra dial cover. It has her face on it. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. That's neat. All yeah. that said, even those are their announced prizes. They always have tons of prizes that are unannounced. They just oh, like, yeah. Like like best in fashion, yeah. worst in fashion. And just, just like door prizes. Yeah. Yeah. My goal is to find the two individuals whom got my dice trays last year. Ooh, right. Ooh. Yeah, we did that. I'm hoping to meet them because I, oh, obviously I didn't get to go. So I want, I want to see, I want to see that. And here's another incentive for folks to go to this. We'll get into more of this uh, next episode, but I'm going to let you guys pick the list I fly. Not you three on this podcast. You, the listeners, are going to get to decide what I, Matt Newt, bring to Crossroads. Keep in mind, last year, I'm the guy who brought Sunny Bounder and Six Hawks, so I'll fly anything to make the people happy, okay? <laughs> I'm going to put forth a couple ideas in the uh, Facebook group, and I'm going to let y'all, the mass of our listeners... Decide what I'm bringing to Indianapolis. Come up with a list, and whatever seems to have the most traction, I'll fly it. Oh my god, upgrades and everything? Go for it, man. I want, I want a challenge. Because right. here's the thing. I will be anonymously yes, putting it great. Yeah. Yo, If you donate for Ko-Fi, it's worth two votes. <laughs> if you donate directly to me... It's worth ten votes. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to answer the people's That's challenge. I will be the people's champion once more at Crossroads. So come at me with these uh, unorthodox list ideas, and I will I will have at it. So I got a stupid question: Is it standard? It is a standard is. tournament. Yes. Okay. Okay. They. I wish I could find it at some point. Zach Bart, who's the head TO, uh, he spoiled something. Like he, the the side event for Saturday was something, or Sunday was something really cool, and I can't remember. It was a uh, teams draft. Yeah, it's a team draft, which is just a really cool right. idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, okay. cool. Uh, Greg, team draft. Yeah. Smittle and I might unironically be jealous of them on the side of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that is true. All right. Well, other than Crossroads, is there anything else uh, on the horizon? Uh, Doug and Alex, anything big hopping up in uh, the St. Louis area? Uh, we're going to a Cardinals game on the 30th. That'll be fun. Nice. Uh, I'm going uh, to a Royals game on the 30th. One of Doug's podcasts he listens to, one of their live shows is coming up. Yeah, that's uh, going to be in, uh, that's the weekend after Crossroads, I'm Crossroads pretty sure. Cool. I couldn't remember. Um, Wait, there is a tournament in St. Louis this Saturday. Um, it is, it's not a store champ, but uh, because St. Louis, because Miniatures Market didn't get any for some reason. Um, but it's uh, one of the guys is, he's threw together a bunch of, like, he had a bunch of people paint ships, and uh, they're doing a bunch of, uh, of what's the word Sorry. I'm looking for? Wayno through seven uh, scoreless. Nice. I started the season. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's a there's a tournament this Saturday in St. Louis. If people want to go, Cave Springs uh, it is at a, or Manchester. Cave Springs Winter Market. Yeah. What time is that? Uh, it is at 11 a.m. is when registration. Uh, I probably won't be able to play anyway. I've got family stuff. Uh, that afternoon. Uh, All right, uh, Greg. Anything going out there in the West? In the West, <laughs> out on the prairie. Um, you know, I gotta go pump my own water after this. Uh, I gotta boil it. We don't have any clean water over here. Being in the West and all, yeah. <laughs> good old Colorado. Oh, I was gonna uh, something about sod house. Uh, I lost it. Uh, no, I have nothing. I don't think there's anything. Like I said, there was that one in Wichita, but unfortunately, I think uh, they had a they had a a big store closed down due to the pandemic. Uh, it was like residual from the pan. Whatever. 
Um, and that was kind of their main um, X-Wing hub, I think. And I could be completely wrong. Um, there were a couple of fellows that went to Manhattan from Wichita. So maybe maybe we should reach out to those guys and and discuss that with them. Um, I think that's next next weekend. But, yeah, that's the only thing. Other than that, yeah. nope. Just... Yeah, we don't have anything planned here in KC for a while, so I'm basically just looking forward to Crossroads. Uh, so, with that out there, uh, we got any shout-outs this week? Bob Howe. Bob Howe, so, indeed. Brian and Lexi, who convinced me to go to the Onslaught Worlds. It was super fun time. It was a great road trip. felt like the uh, like pre-pandemic road trip days, where uh, we just goofed off the whole time, and then it was a small but very cool tournament. Awesome. Got to go to Graceland, man. Yeah. Great times, great times. Uh, I'll give a shout out to all our listeners who have tuned in for thus far 84 episodes to hear our voices and uh, give our wacky uh, input on this game we love. Uh, Want to keep this going for you guys? So, like I said, if you have uh, ideas for topics, questions, concerns, anything like that, let us know. We'll be happy to cover them for you. So, with that, for Tasha Station Radio, I'm Matt. Doug. I'm Alex. And I'm Ford. And we will catch you next time. Boonta E. Boonta E. Boonta E. Boonta Day was declared non-canonical at the Council of Nicaea. Come on. I don't think they have a Council of Nicaea. It's Council of Day. It's not a thing. Tashi Station Radio is brought to you by the team of Greg Smith, Alex Smittle, Doug Howe, and Matt New. If you'd like to help us out with hosting and production costs, you can go to ko-fi.com slash TashiStationXWing and make a donation. It's always appreciated. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at TashiStationRadio, an X-Wing podcast, for news and updates. And as always, thanks for listening.